Hi, I'm Jason Wachab, founder and CEO of MindBuddyGreen, the best-selling author of Wealth, and your host for the MindBuddyGreen podcast, where I'll be bringing you deep and insightful dialogues with some of the greatest minds in wellness. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review, comment, and share with your friends and family. And don't forget to visit us at mindbuddygreen.com for your daily dose of wellness. Thanks, and enjoy the podcast. This episode is sponsored by MindBodyGreen classes and trainings, where you can learn from world-class experts from the comfort of your own home. The MindBodyGreen class library has educational programs you can't find anywhere else. From yoga and meditation to nutrition and personal growth, our classes have something for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a wellness warrior, MindBodyGreen classes will take you further on your wellness journey. You can find our classes at mindbodygreen.com classes. That's mindbodygreen.com slash classes. Enter the promo code podcast on checkout to receive 15% off your next purchase. Hey, everybody. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you all for listening to the podcast and to say that we want to listen to you. So if you have any questions, any dream guests, we are all ears. I would love to hear from you. So ask me anything and stay tuned for the answers or your dream guests on this very podcast. Send your questions to podcast at mindbodygreen.com. That's podcast at mindbodygreen.com. And I look forward to hearing from all of you. Thanks so much. And let's go back to the podcast. JC Coughlin is one of four co-founders of one of the most amazing and successful nonprofits in the world today, the Movember Foundation. What started in 2003 with a bunch of friends growing mustaches during the month of November has turned into a global phenomenon. With over 5 million members today, Movember is inspiring men and women around the world to take a hard look at men's health. Movember is clearly a nonprofit with an amazing mission, an amazing story, and amazing growth. Welcome, JC. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Jason. <laughs> Thanks for coming. So, um, Movember is one of the most amazing nonprofits around, and and it, more importantly, it has an amazing story. Can you talk to people about what Movember does and how it all came about a long time ago? Yeah, I mean, uh, 2003 now, which seems like a lifetime ago. Obviously, I was still on a pager <laughs> back then. Pager. Yeah. Do you remember what they are? <laughs> like, are you a drug dealer, JC? <laughs> I was in media, so it's kind of the same thing. Okay. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I and like we were doing a whole bunch of stuff. Like I was personally doing a whole bunch of stuff for like tsunami appeals and the whole lot. And you know, we'd get containers, clothes, food, and it would get held up on ports. And like there was a whole bunch of bureaucracy that like just you weren't getting, you weren't seeing stuff get done. And then. You know, Trav, one of my best mates and one of the four founders and his brother um, and another guy called Lucky. And like, Lucky Lucky was in, uh, yeah, JC Lucky. And yeah. <laughs> What's the real story it's behind like a, Movember? It's like a roadshow. Um, we grew up surfing and skating and just hanging out. And, you know, four li- literally larrikin lads, like, what do we know about not-for-profits and nothing really. And... We kind of looked around and a lot of people were doing really good stuff with breast cancer and we saw women doing a whole bunch of stuff and it's like there's a women's hospital there was a children's hospital but it's like there's no man hospital and what what are men doing and why why 
are they looking after themselves and, and what does that look like? And, and where was it? Were you, so I know where you're from, but tell people where this was happening in the world. Yeah, we were in, uh, we're in Melbourne in Australia. So I was actually living up on the Gold Coast at the time. I was running a couple of different businesses and just met the lads and it was like, let's get a whole bunch of guys together and let's change, like our taglines change the face of men's health. And poetically, it's, it's growing a moustache for 30 days. So that changes <laughs> your look. And for us, like it became a walking, talking billboard because our granddads had moustaches. And when we look back in history, the most significant humans that were alive from Einstein to Jimi Hendrix to like we grew up with Magnum P.I. to like sure. all these really impressive people who were changing the world in their own way had these crazy moustaches and our granddads had them. And like we were literally back then in our 20s and we were probably the only 30 guys in Australia with moustaches under the age of 70. Was there like a conversation or like we're like, it's got to be the moustache? It was about fashion and it actually wasn't me. It was Trav and Luck and I was sitting in a pub and like recurring trends were coming back and everything. From, it could have been macrame, right? <laughs> moustaches is kind of where they got to in a conversation. And it's like, let's just bring back the moustache. And it was kind of a competition to see who could grow the best moustache at the time. And we we're going to give a bit back to charity. And it was never supposed to be what it is today. It was just a bunch of lads getting together. We were going to have a moustache competition for 30 days. When you're in 30 days, that's like habit forming and changing and just simple messages around your health and, you know, go and get checked and make sure you're going to look after your mates. And it was about really just sort of getting back and hanging out with your friends again. Because like when you when you get past your 20s, and this is a big thing for us with suicide, 70% um, of suicides are men. Whoa. And, and you know, a guy takes his life every minute of every day and I'm like, just crazy, right? But in their 20s, they've got this really cool friend set and then they go off and start careers and or get married or start businesses and, and, and they get really wrapped up into what they're doing and they lose connection with their friends. And suicide really affects men in their 40s plus. And then when something happens in their life, they lose a business or they lose a job, they lose a relationship and they've got no one to turn to. So November's like this catalyst of hanging out with your mates and like go and hang out and have some fun and just start that conversation. Like women do this face to face really mm -hmm. well. And they have this amazing ability just to chat and talk about all their problems and all their issues where guys just won't do it. Like in, in Australia back in, you could literally walk into the pub and be losing an arm and no one would actually act, what happened? It'd be like, it's your shout mate, go and get us a beer. Like, like the conversation just didn't happen, right? So we wanted to change that and we wanted to change the conversation and we wanted to really turn it on its head and get guys just to have that chat. And we call it the shoulder to shoulder conversation. So guys are literally, if they're like, I was at Formula E yesterday watching that and you're just sitting there in a chair and all of a sudden you're watching cars race around, but you're having this incredible conversation because you're looking at something else and you're doing something rather than having that front confronting conversation. And it kind of breaks it down like, into this amazing thing and a very very famous musician friend of mine was like a, a classic example was that like, like the on the floor seats i think it was the la lakers watching it and he was going through a divorce he'd um had a lot of lifestyle issues back in the day being a rock star i bet and, he did and his mates were there and he's like the his mate just turned to him and just said look don't let this destroy you it's only money it's only a relationship you have your friends and that one thing for that 10 seconds was enough. And now they all meet monthly. They all hang out. 
and they, they actually open up and have that conversation. It's, it's, it's that simple getting that conversation together. And men, men die six years younger than women, six years. And it's not because of genetics, it's because we don't look after ourselves. We don't have those conversations. We don't go and get checked early. And like, we could literally change the world by just doing that. So I want to go back to the early days. So I'm Sorry, so curious. No, 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 it's good. This is all good. This is all good. There's and I, there are a couple points. I, a couple questions I have. So you're like, okay, we're going to do the mustaches. Did you say like, and we want to take over in November and call it November? Like when did that happen? Did you have that as well? Yeah, straight away. Like it was the month of November. It was actually Trav's birthdays in November as well. So it was kind of a birthday celebration and we we're hanging out. And it was just... It was literally for fun. Like, and I, I was living on the Gold Coast at the time. So all the rest of the boys were in Melbourne. So I was the only guy on the Gold Coast with moustache. And like, I, I grew up surfing and I surf a lot. So I get down to my usual surf break and it's really tribal surfing and you're hanging out. And then all of a sudden I'm rocking out this moustache and people just got offended by my moustache. I was just like, what are you doing that for? And like, I was like, really? And that's what kind of spurred us on because like you'd walk down the street and you'd go and have breakfast somewhere and like, what what's the moustache about like like really like so what would you say abruptly we're uh, looking to change the men's health yeah. <laughs> we're having some fun we're hanging out and we're looking at yeah and it is about that it's like we're looking to change men's health and at the time it was prostate cancer and it's like do you know one man dies an hour and that sort of stuff and it was a really simple message piece and we're trying to change the face of men's health and we're trying to stop the conversation which which moustache was the catalyst to it we call it our walking, talking billboard because you literally, you grow that moustache for the first 10 days and it's stubble and it comes through. And I remember sitting with um, the CEO of uh, the Financial Times because when we, by the time I got to London and we were rolling it out and he had this really serious meeting with me because his sales staff wanted to grow moustaches. And I was like, there's a no facial hair policy. Like, you know, we're talking to top clients, we're doing this big thing and it's like well it's just a moustache so you can actually be the beard police and make sure they're just growing moustaches and when they actually go into those meetings and they start having those conversations and say why they're doing it they're doing it for men's health they're doing it for prostate cancer it kind of changes that conversation and he was like is it <laughs> it was really hilarious because i was just in ireland and i was with a, a graffiti artist and we were we were hanging out doing some stuff and he turned around to talk to me and hit me in the top of the eye <laughs> And gave me a black eye. <laughs> so literally walked into this meeting and it's like, is it like, and the first question is, is it like Fight Club? I was like, no, it's not like Fight Club. I don't <laughs> have a black eye because of this. <laughs> but they grew and they had the most amazing time. And like Bob McKnight, like the CEO of like Quicksilver, they, because they, all the surfing community got behind November. And like one of his quotes is like, everyone from Kelly Slater to the guy that packs boxes gets behind Movember, they grow a moustache, they have fun. So for their community and their infrastructure of, of, of one of the biggest, you know, apparel brands in the world was everyone got to connect right. and everyone got to feel like they were together. And that's, that's the genius of, of the whole thing. And we, we, we didn't mean to do it. We just kind of fell into it and it, it just resonates and it, it just works and it just breaks down those barriers and it's that conversation and, I get stopped all the time by guys and go, JC, you're growing from November. You have no idea. I go into a bar and I'm batting out of my league and I go and talk to the girl I can never pick up and go, hey, I'm growing a mustache from November and I'm trying to save men's health. <laughs> you get me into that conversation and then I'm on my own from there, but you get to break down that barrier and get to 
to, to crack that moment. And a lot of guys who've gone for their biggest job interviews and they'll have a big moment and they'll be like, do I shave it off because I want to look serious or what do I do? And, and I've had a, a bunch of stories where guys are literally sitting in front of board members and going, hey, I know this is a serious job. This is what I'm going to come to do. I'm actually, moustache isn't my thing. I'm just growing it for November for 30 days. And I'm growing it for prostate cancer. And the amount of times they talk about the health issue that's going on, it breaks down that barrier. And someone sitting on that board has had prostate cancer or done something. So you kind of, it's a catalyst for good and it's a catalyst sure. for change. So. so you started with how many guys in 2003? 30. 30 guys. And how much money did you raise in 2003? Uh, probably about a hundred dollars, hundred dollars. And so where are you except that the growth and impact is astronomical. So now we're in 2017. Mm -hmm. Talk um, to me about how big you are and we're the world's largest men's health movement. Wow. Um, which is, you, you know, we get to talk to governments and we get to talk to change agents around the world and to try and do stuff. So yeah, it's like out of control. Like we've got about 190 staff around the world and, we're rolling out 1,200 programs around health and change, change behavior and everything we do, we do it, it has to be literally measured. So a lot of people don't measure stuff and especially in health and it's like, well, how do we fundamentally know we're changing the world? Because we don't want to be known as the guys that just raised, you know, eight hundred and fifty million dollars. So you've raised eight hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, that's we're insane. Today. If yeah. you could go back to in two thousand three and, and tap yourself on the shoulder and say, "Hey, we're going to raise eight hundred fifty million dollars in fourteen years." Yeah, crazy, huh? That's insane. Yeah, and it's like, but the biggest thing for the four of us is always like, well, let's make sure we didn't just raise eight hundred fifty million dollars and there's no change in the world. Sure. And that's our biggest. That was our biggest fear. Our biggest fear is like we look at our fun, our fundraisers, and there's just the local guys hanging out, right, raising us eighty dollars or whatever. And they're our, they're our shareholders. They're like they they're investing in us to make sure we're going to change the world. And that's really significant and important for us to make sure that we're going to do it. And the beauty about what we've done is amazing because we've 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 taught people to collaborate. So before we started, what we did you'd raise money in America and you'd spend it here. So Movember's global and we are like a global movement. We live on earth. How many countries are you in now? Um, with, with Movember's during the month, we're in like 21 officially. And then I've done other, I do other projects now. So I do a project called Distinguished Gentleman's Ride and that's in 90 countries. Wow. And for one day they all dress in dapper gear and ride these old school motorbikes and, you know, get to have that shoulder conversation and it's for one day. So yeah, we, we, we kind of, you know, we live on earth and we, we need to make earth a better place. And what we do in the men's health sector is like make sure that guys are having that conversation, make sure they're hanging out. But on the, on the actual funding side to make sure people back to the collaboration piece, like we have one project that's going on, it's in 15 countries and 150 different researchers. And like, if you're, and how we kind of look at it is like, if, if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So <laughs> you've got to go, like you go and find the smartest people. And with prostate cancer, we're like, okay, well, what are the biggest problems with it? And how are we going to fix it? And if we had all the money in the world, what would we do? And then we went and found the smartest people in the world who sit on our you know, committee, scientific committee, because that's not us. We're not scientists. And then how do we change that? And how do you aggressively make sure people are 
literally doing the best work. And yeah. so, so talk to me about that, how in the early days it was prostate cancer. You zeroed in on that and, and talk to me about how, how, what you did there and now how the mission has evolved to something much bigger. It was just, we knew, we, we knew with prostate cancer, like 307,000 men a year die of prostate cancer. And that's like inherently wrong. So I'm going to get a little bit scientific here. Like if you bring it on, we're ready. If you, uh, if you have prostate cancer and it metastasizes, so it leaves the prostate, you've got like a 27% survival rate five years and above. If you catch it before it's 98%, like you will literally go through a pathway and solve a problem where 307,000 men won't die a year if they get detected early and there's active surveillance down to a whole bunch of stuff. And we're, we're launching this whole project called True North, which is about the cancer journey. And like, if you get prostate cancer or someone around you gets prostate cancer, what's next? How does it look like? What's, what's radical surgery look like? What's like early detection look like? How do your family members cope with the word cancer? And people just want to get it out all of a sudden. Like, yeah, what, what are some of those things? Like early detection? What are signs? What do people do? Yeah. And the biggest thing is like the word cancer and people just want to rip it out because it's cancer. And, you know, there's 2 million men, I think, just in America overtreated with prostate cancer where they just go and get it taken out. And the after effects of that can be horrific. Like, you know, erectile dysfunction, you, you know, you, you can't go and have a normal life because the incontinence and the whole lot. And so we wanted to like bust it open and go, all right, well, if we're going to do it for men, even like the incontinent stuff, it's like, why don't we go and see Nike and make the most bulletproof pant there is? Because a guy has to literally go into a supermarket and go to the girl area to look for pads because there's no man pad. And it's like, sure. well, why don't we just make the bulletproof man pad that everyone wants to wear and hang out with? And why don't we just like do stuff for men and how that looks and get them through that journey? So for us, it was really important to make sure we look after the whole spectrum because when we started this, like we were in our thirties and it's like, okay, if we can get everyone educated, we don't even have to solve cancer. If we get everyone educated on getting detected early from us below, and then we talk to our dads about it. Cause if you've got prostate cancer in your family, you're two and a half times more likely to get it. So at 45, you should go and get checked. And if you go and get checked, then literally you can make decisions to not die and like fall into a health system and, and how you, how you actively surveillance, if it's aggressive, get it out and, you know, so is that it's a good journey. 45 right? is when people should start? They should, yeah. I mean, if you're African-American, it's it's stronger for whatever reason, so you should probably get checked earlier than that. Um, and if it's in the family, obviously family history, but it's not just about prostate cancer for us, it's about men's health. And if you can go, like, if I can tell all your audience out there right now and all the men in their lives and what they do, Whatever is in your genetics, if it's heart, if it's high cholesterol, if it's prostate cancer, if it's whatever it is, get your men checked. Right. Get in early. If you get in early, that's the key to prevention for anything. And if you do that, and if you actually go and walk outside for an hour, just go for a walk. And actually go for a walk with one of your favorite people or your wife or whatever. And then you're going to have an amazing conversation anyway. But just get outside, breathe the air and walk. That shows huge leaps and bounds to your health and, and where you can get. So if you can do those two things, I will literally, literally get to see guys live six years longer. That changes just, the... Just walking. 
just walking and understanding your health and understanding your genetics and what's going to be in there and get detected early. That, that for me is the game changer. There's no magic pill. It's just literally looking after yourself as a guy. And we did this case study with, I'm working with the PGA at the moment around the world. And with the who? Uh, the golf PGA. So the Professional Golf Association. Oh, oh okay. PGA. Yeah. yeah. So we're working with them and it's like, well, what's your problem? They've got a problem with a uh, aging population. They need Tiger Woods to start playing better. Yeah. That's their problem. That's their. <laughs> no one's watching. <laughs> exactly. Tiger, come on, get exactly. <laughs> but even when we looked at this case study in Australia, 1.5 million Australians would play golf again if they got a health reason. It's like, well, there's got to be a health reason somewhere. And we unearthed this amazing study that was done in Sweden. It was 300,000 people who carry a set of golf clubs, walk 18 holes. They will burn. They'll walk four miles, burn 2,000 calories, but they will, they will reduce their mortality rate by 41%, which equals six years. So if I can get everyone to just go and play golf and carry a set of golf clubs, you'll live longer. Right. And you're walking on a course, so you're chatting with your mate. So for me now, like the journey is we want to go where men are and make sure they're having that conversation and doing that stuff outdoors and looking after their health. And I think if we can just do that one thing, as in two things, like as in get you... Get, get checked early and work out what's what's wrong um, and then go out and physically just get out for an hour and walk that like that will change the world so it, what are you finding you touched on this a little bit it sounds like men are wired so differently than women yes they are <laughs> <laughs> in terms of how they look at health how what they do their relationships like what what have you learned about men in this process including yourself when, when you started to dig into the research yeah i mean i learned that in 21 different countries i'm in with 26 different languages men are the same (laughs) (laughs) women around the world are are saying this is not new information (laughs) this is not new information (laughs) sorry ladies it's not new information men men need to be pushed they need to like have that conversation they need to get into it and if you can if you you can't tell a guy to do something if you tell a guy to do something that's prescriptive and he won't do it. If you have a conversation with him in a laid back form and just sort of hang out and go, hey, you know, how's everything going? And just ask the question and go through that process and then go, you know, is everything good? Just like, are you all right? Like, you don't seem all right. And this is the whole thing about men. Like, you should literally ask, if you're worried about any of your mates, just ask them, are you all right? Because men think they're the only person in the world who has the problems they have and they're not everyone has that same issue going on around the world and some men sometimes i don't know why but they compartmentalize this and like try and take it on and i'm strong and i have to be i have to be that guy and i have to make sure that i'm there and i'm good and like i'm i'm in charge and it's like guys aren't in charge (laughs) behind behind every great man in the world there's this incredible woman right. <laughs> that's looking after them. Right. Like, and guys just need to like break that down and like just, I think it's, it, it's a long way around, but if, if they just chill out and just literally have a conversation and hang out. And for me that, that if I can get guys to open up and do that with their friends and check back in. So I have this whole thing, check in before you check out. Mm. Um, and just check in, like, just, just have this conversation. And we did this, um, 
incredible documentary uh it went for an uh, three hours oh yeah hour part series and it was called man up and what does that look like and gus did it who's like one of the most incredible humans in the world who's a radio dj in australia and his mentor um and one of his best friends family married two kids took his own life no one saw it coming oh. no one you know and he was like well what does this even look like and he went on this journey for us in a documentary and it's like well guys watch documentaries so does that change behavior so we put this whole behavior change piece behind it and this documentary had 14,000 Australian men and these are Australian men these are the hardest guys in the world like like this is just how they're growing up right hand wrote letters to him about their health 39 guys didn't take their life who were going to take their life before they watched it mm. and 84% of the guys who watched it changed their behavior towards suicide so for us if we like can step into that conversation and cut it down in a documentary which was like watching it and educating it and not dictating to you that's what changes behavior the the motorbike sure. ride we do around the world and everyone's there and everyone's collecting and gathering together well talk to me you did an amazing short film it's like a minute a couple minute video last year do you want to talk about that where men had written letters yeah so we did this whole thing and it was interesting because cancer's like cancer's cancer and i i truly believe we will solve that problem in this lifetime i think we'll solve it earlier than everyone thinks we're going to solve it like that that for me is just a journey piece now of just getting stuff done yeah what are you and going through it but with suicide it's a hard thing right because if you say the wrong thing you could actually trigger people to go and take their own lives so for that we we did this thing last year where it was suicide notes so literally guys who were thinking about taking their own lives who'd written a letter to say goodbye we got them to read that letter out loud wow yeah heavy stuff yeah and they read it out loud for us and it wasn't actors it was right. real people real lives a cross-section of them we had to make sure that was okay we had to make sure that people weren't going to do stuff and we went to some of the best mental health experts in the world and just went, well, we're going to do this. What do you think? And they're like, well, <laughs> you, no one else could do this but Movember because you guys do it differently and you, you can cut through this. And if anyone else did it, it probably wouldn't be right. But how you do it and how your community are, you will literally change the world with this piece if you do it. So we went out really strong with it and it was like, it was amazing and, and the results from it and the people who wrote in and the people I run into around the world go that changed my world like that I was thinking about taking my own life and I'm not now because like I got to understand that these guys who were so close to the edge had the power in their friends and it was about conversation so they opened up to their partner and to someone else and, and didn't do it so again it's breaking through that barrier of, of starting that conversation and these guys now are empowered to have these conversations and like literally cut that stuff through so we're never going to find the analytics behind how much that affected or changed but i've i've literally since we've done that i've run into four guys who were thinking about taking their own life who aren't now because they they got to see that and wow. you know if you can save one life you're doing good right so yeah it's just interesting to to go through that and that's that's our heaviest thing now like it's uh, it's all about mental health and well-being and for me like everyone's like 
like seven, I said it before, but 77% of suicides are men. Like, yeah, so why is that? And why does it feel like it's gotten worse? Is it social media? Is it like, what, what is it that feels like mental health is think, just going in the wrong direction well, here? I think social media is good and bad all at the same thing. And, you know, we work with Facebook direct and we're building some incredible projects with them. And like, they are, they are real. like, they're some of the best humans on the planet trying to change the world. And I really love working with them because they're great. But then when you get people also on Facebook who are just posting these unrealistic lifestyle, like Mm -hmm. literally I've got this thing on Instagram where if you see someone who's the happiest guy in the world and they're doing that, they're not. They're like, they're projecting something that's not real. Sure. And then a whole bunch of people look at that and go, well, why isn't my life like that? And I just think there's a negative connotation to that projecting on, hey, look at me, look at me, what we're doing. And I I think we live in a world now where we're so like, like we literally live on earth, like we're citizens of earth. We're not, we're not part of a country anymore because like the world has got so small with social media and everything else that inherently everyone's looking at how do I fast track this and what's my lifestyle look like this and why isn't my lifestyle like that? So I think there's these little negative connotations going around about what actually is real and what isn't. And then when you start to have the conversation with people and break it down and go, the whole mental health piece for me is, it's lifestyle. Like our entire, like everyone gets into this whole space of negativity and what's going on and why why is it getting so affected and, and, and why is it me and and go through that process when I think we all need to sort of step back and go, this is, this is life. Life is hard. Mm-hmm. Life is hard. It's life not, isn't it's easy. It's not all handstands on the it's beach in bikinis. But it's not. I mean, I wish it was. But <laughs> well, for you, I follow you on Instagram. I see some of your moves on the beach. You know. <laughs> yeah, but it's breaking down that for me. Like, cause it just. I think since since I started November, like life's just got faster. Like it's just hard to keep up and. You know, what do you do with kids too? I know you've got... Yeah. Oh, I mean, I've got five amazing women in my life. I'm, I'm privileged and I'm lucky because like I've got one of the most amazing wives ever. And we've had three incredible daughters who are like, my, my 17-year-old wants to work for the UN. And that's like, and that's not us. That's just her doing behavior change and seeing different stuff. And, you know, my mum was with me and she's amazing. And like, I, I'm... I think I'm the man I am today because I have these incredible women behind me who just like they're there and right. you just that when you've got that behind you you just everything's easier and everything's better and you just go through a process and when you feel like you know you know how much I travel and when I go home it's home it's like you're just chilling out and relaxing with amazing human beings and that's that's really important like the women in your life to you know you get that right I think everything becomes a lot easier. And so what do you advise people do, you know, in this age of social media with kids, with Instagram, with all this stuff, you know, for better, for worse, like how how do you, how do you deal with it and not have your mental health suffer? Yeah. I mean, my entire, like our entire mantra now is live healthier, happier, longer lives. And you don't want guys to just live longer, but you want them to be healthy and happier. So for me, it's just cut through, cut through the bullshit. I'm allowed to say. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So cut through the, just cut through the bullshit and just common sense always prevails. Like it does everything and go with your gut. Your gut is never wrong. And people start to 
look at other people. Oh, I should be that. And one of my favorite quotes in the entire world is Oscar Wilde, be yourself because everyone else is taken. Yeah, great quote. And like it, just be yourself and just, and, and don't be afraid to have that conversation. Don't be afraid to open up. If you, like all your listeners, if you're out there and you're feeling some negativity and you're feeling down and everyone does it because that's just life, make sure you open up and connect with that friend. And if you think one of your friends is kind of struggling with something, get on the, go and have a coffee and just hang out. And I think if everyone can do that, the world's going to be a better place. And so what's the best thing to say to someone who you think is struggling and you think it's pretty serious? Yeah, when it like, and I only found this out um, just recently. So, because it's always like, oh, what are you saying? How do you do it? And if you actually think someone's about to take their own life, that's exactly what you say to them. Mm. Are you okay? I think you're about to do this. Let's chat. And I, I thought the direct approach was probably not the right thing to do, but right. we've had a lot of um, a lot of research and stuff behind it where you literally ask that question. If you think that's going to happen, then you need to like step in and have that conversation. And that conversation, that one thing, and we work with amazing people around the world. And there's this one story about this guy who literally in San Francisco, and uh, it was 45 minutes to the, the bridge. And he made a pact with himself. If someone just looked at him and smiled or acknowledged him, he wouldn't jump. Wow. And he jumped and he survived um, incredibly, right? And so he tells this story and this incredible story around no one did that. And then after that process, he made it his life mission to go and have conversation with everyone around the world and change it. And then another guy, Johnny, who's amazing, right? He literally was standing on a bridge in London during peak hour, massive amounts of people walking past and he was going to jump and take his own life. And he reckons he stood there for like about 30 minutes and no one said anything, like just kept walking past. So he was just standing on the just bridge. Standing just standing on the bridge. Looking like he was Really obvious, jump. like on the other side, like, like, and everyone just got on with their day. And this one guy didn't. And this one guy was actually American. And he set, he, he set this entire campaign. This guy just talked him off the ledge, literally talked him off the ledge and he didn't do it. And then he started this entire campaign to find him because he didn't connect with him. And he ended, up, he ended up on talk shows here trying to find this guy. And they end up reconnecting and finding each other. And it's one of the most powerful stories ever. And it's just just one, one human who didn't even know you talked you off that ledge. So for me, that's that one human. They're good people. They're special people out there. But your social network and the people around you, they're there for you. And it doesn't, it should never get to that ledge right. bit, right? It, you should always just talk to someone if you feel like you're on that. And a, a really good friend of mine uh, thought about taking his own life and I've lost a few friends to suicide. And I said, well, I don't I, I need to understand this. Like if, if I'm doing this and it's one of our big things, like why, how do you get to that point? Cause in my head, if everything got really shit, I'd be like, all right, well, I don't, I just, why don't I just go to Italy or go surfing in Thailand or just like tap out of the world, right? Because right. that's just how my brain works. And he was a surfer as well. And he's like, JC, it's like, you, you remember you, know, you surf in winter and it's so freezing and so cold and you get out of the water and like everything's numb and frosty. And so you get in that warm shower and that sensation of that warm shower just feels so good because that's the moment you're in. It's that everything's too hard and it feels good. And then I got it from that and it's like, okay, I get that. 
so how do we stop guys doing that? So mm. we're kind of on that journey to stop guys feeling like that and just check in. And the biggest thing you check in before you check out. And then if all the women out there that are listening today, it's like, let your man go out. Let's have man time for mankind. Let's get guys out there. Let them have a beer together. Let them go and watch the football. Let them go to Formula E. Let them play golf. Let them, let them hang out. Because if they're going to hang out together and have that conversation, they will live six years longer. Right. Because they're breaking down that barrier. They need that time. They need to dial out because, oh, my God, like life is just full on. Like and you men turn don't up. do it. You lose it. It's like yeah. in the 20s, everyone hangs out. And then 30s, slows down a bit. And then 40s, you see it. You know, life, family, work, and then you don't have time. And you don't have any time. And women are better than keeping up yeah. with friends. One of my favorite people in the world is a guy named Howard Sewell. And he's one of the best researchers for prostate cancer ever. And the biggest lesson he taught me, he said, JC, you have to take an hour back a day you own that hour it's your hour take that back i don't care what you do with it but do it and that hour you own and no one else can in that space and take that hour for yourself if it's surfing if it's skating if it's just sitting still you own that hour don't think about anything else and do it and he taught me that six years ago and that changed my life that changed everything because you just have that moment that centerpiece of just like you know this better than anyone around meditation and 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 hanging out and just really centering yourself and and get there and i implore everyone just take an hour out of the 24 hours you've got in a day just take yourself out for an hour and that'll change changes everything gives you so much clarity yeah it does one thing you touched on earlier uh cancer and, and what's going on there with research. Like share us like where we were and where do you think things are going and, and a cure in the future and a lot around preventative uh, measures and just, just would love to hear your thoughts on where we're headed. Yeah, so we're doing like, obviously we've raised like 850 million. So we're spending a lot of, a lot of money in research and, and, and biomed stuff and incredible how we've advanced it. And Dr. Jonathan Simons, who's here and he runs the prostate cancer for America. he like I didn't realize the impact until like you, you start to have conversations with people because you just get on and do stuff right and then he's like JC you your foundation has been a part of this change in prostate cancer it wasn't just us but a whole bunch of people getting involved now and he reckons we've advanced prostate cancer by 50 years he says in his own mind on the analytics it's like I reckon like if you do the numbers just in America alone you've probably saved 120,000 lives wow which is like epic but what's even cooler is genomes and the genetics and the stuff they're doing now, even when we started 14 years ago on how they fast track this stuff now and how technology has advanced so fast. There's one genome that looks like that it's unlocked ovarian, breast, prostate, maybe four kids' cancers and a whole bunch of other stuff that literally looks like there's some cutting edge stuff coming through. And I truly believe in the next 10 years, these amazing humans are going to unlock the keys to the kingdom when it comes to cancer as a whole. And and Paul Villani runs my program, and he's one he's one of the most special humans in the world. And he he looks after our twelve hundred programs, and he he wholeheartedly like just walks into this thing and just goes, you know what? Like we we are living in a special time. Like we will literally be a part of the game changing mission for cancer so yeah where do you think we're going to be in like five years 
I'd be like super surprised like in 10 years if we're still dealing with the word cancer. Really? Yeah. Wow. I, I, I truly believe that. And like, I wouldn't have said that 14 years ago. I wouldn't even said that five years ago. But the way things are going and the the way people are working in a collaborative sense together around the world, like literally collaboration. And we we actually run a program right now with breast and a, uh, breast cancer and ovarian cancer. And that's a three-way deal because we know that the genetics is unlocked. It's a, it, it's a similar thing to get the, the answer. And we're literally funding that at the moment to like unlock those keys. And I think, you know, I'd be surprised in 10 years time if we're still talking about wow. cancer. So what is the future of wellness? Like what, where do you see, like if, if, if amazingly we have a cure for cancer in 10 years, like where do you see wellness? You know, you, you're familiar with the, the space and mind, body, green, like where do you see this thing? And where do you see wellness in 10 years? What are we talking about? Like you know, DNA or are we talking about like, what, what are issues? Like if today, like if cancer is going to be, possibly erased and and suicide and mental health we're working on like what do you you think i think we gotta save the planet i agree yeah we're mind body green god damn it yeah no we have to (laughs) i think i think that's where we go next right like i i got sit on a panel to like help solve the refugee crisis crazy right like four years ago and it's like well can we just stop calling them refugees and the displaced humans I and like, that. like they are the displaced humans and they have skill sets that everyone has. And from the guy that makes a kebab to a coffee, to a heart surgeon, and let's just find out where the need in the world is to put them and house them for five years until we hopefully fix the country they're in and then send them back more skilled, right? Like that's, that's how you, how you solve stuff is community. Community is everything. And you mm. just like, it's like you, like, you started this whole thing because you, you know, you, you had to have this operation and you decided to change your lifestyle and people like you are changing the world. People like you have mind, body, green behind it. And if we can get great humans like you and the WeWork guys and the Facebook guys of the world and the Bill Gates of the world and everyone together, I think we can solve this thing, but we all need to talk and chat and make sure we're we're not duplicating. I hate duplication. And if I'm going to go off and solve this, then you go off and solve something else and they go off and solve something else. Right. And then we all meet in the middle. It's going to look pretty cool. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. I'm bought in. I'm bought in. So my last question for you, if you could go back in time to your 20 something self, what advice would you give yourself back then? To exactly how you just did it. The mistakes, everything, like the mistakes you make in life actually make you stronger. They teach you lessons and value and don't overthink it. Just do what you did because like oh, I got three amazing daughters. I got an amazing wife. I've got this foundation. I didn't start off doing any of this and I, I, I landed into it by like serendipity moments and like just, just, just go with it and just be you. I'm with you there. I love that. So our meeting was a serendipitous moment. We met, I have to tell the story. We went, we were both in Cannes for like the Cannes Health Festival. And it was like completely pharma. It was just pharma everywhere. And I spoke (laughs) and then like everyone was like work for a drug company. And then you and your amazing wife, Sarah, were there. And then you came over and met us and we're like, oh my God. It's the November people. They're amazing. (laughs) 
<laughs> we actually met someone here is amazing in the middle of can like two years ago i know it was like it was just like it was just an onslaught of like a whole bunch of stuff that I wasn't into and then and and, (laughs) we stuck out like sore thumbs we did and Louise (laughs) who was running it who's amazing and she runs the whole Khan Health stuff is like you need to meet Jason (laughs) (laughs) and his wife's here as well and she works with him and and then then we we met you at that at that event and it's like you know we if you haven't done it out there and you're in the world in the in the well-being space and health space you have to go to revitalize you have to go and do jason's thing like if you gotta we were there we were privileged enough to talk yeah. there last year and you gotta come back we'll talk about that yeah, later but <laughs> <laughs> i met like some of the most amazing people in the world like you get like you, you do this you, you get these people together already and they like they everyone i've met who met knows you loves you because you you're real and you're honest and like it, it if you're going to change the world, you need to be that. And you, you do an incredible thing here and everyone should get behind it. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's an honor. JC, thanks so much for uh, coming. Everyone check out Movember. If, you're, if you don't know Movember, you need to. Other, maybe you've been living somewhere else. Uh, you got to check it out. It's an amazing organization. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.